Hey, this is Dawn Rogus. I'm head of people operations over at Dacity. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a dear friend of mine, Don Ragus. Many call her Don. One calls her babe. I can promise you that's not me, to <laughs> call her mom. Those she's worked with over the years have called her a ninja, Swiss army knife, master communicator, chaos tamer, and mind reader, just to name a few. All the names aside, with over 20 years of experience, she's the one founders and CEOs call when they're drowning in overwhelm trying to launch and or scale their business. She's worked with startups, established, and even Fortune 500 companies. Her experience spans HR, operations, marketing, strategic planning, coaching, human performance, and just about anything that comes her way. Dawn has a passion for personal and professional development. She's a big fan of Audible, her and I have a lot in common with that. And she says you'll find her listening to at least four books simultaneously. You and me both. All nonfiction. She earned her certification as a neurolinguistics programming practitioner. And in her free time, she enjoys working out, sipping a great glass of wine. Another thing we have in common. Now you understand why she's a dear friend. With her husband of 21 years, who's absolutely adorable. Not at the same time, of course. <laughs> or spending time at the pool or basketball court, watching her kids compete in sports they love. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear today's conversation with Dawn. When they call her a Swiss army knife, a ninja, a master communicator, a chaos tamer, and mind reader, I'm telling you, those are mild adjectives to really describe the dynamic of this woman. Really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a, a phone call with us to make sure we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Dawn, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. So, so happy to be here. <laughs> How have you been? What's going on? Oh, lots happening in my world. Um, I've been fantastic. Um, I am now the mother of a college student, which is crazy. <laughs> and the mother of a high school student, even more crazy. Um, oh. And just loving um, life with, you know, a new job. Um, just really just taking it all in at this stage of my life, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's just, it's amazing what happens when you have, you know, kids that go off to college and, and start high school. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, you really start to look at, you know, what's important to you beyond the kids, which is a really fun, fun journey. So it's kind of where, where I'm at, but all really good, good times right now. That's amazing. Dawn and I both share uh, a daughter with uh, not not share the same daughter, but we share a daughter <laughs> with the same name. <laughs> so whenever whenever she talks about her daughter and mentions her daughter by name, and you've all met my daughter Kiana, uh, I, I get confused because when she first starts talking, I'm like, how do you know? Oh wait, you're not talking about my daughter, and they're almost like the same person. <laughs> so. So Don, I brought I, I brought you onto the show for 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 a multitude of reasons. You really are a Swiss Army knife when it comes to business and and organization and self management. And I can go on and on, right? Um, you have you have been through the weeds and the jungle and the forest and the battlefield, so to speak. You know, you you alongside your husband raised two incredible kids. You have navigated the social calendar schedule as well as the spousal and family schedule as well as the business schedule. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd really like for our entrepreneurs to get an idea of your journey from you know, evolving your business to becoming this go-to person for, for CEOs and high C-suite levels mm -hmm. uh, alongside uh, your new uh, position that, that you've just taken on. I really like them to understand how you've navigated all this. Yeah, um, I was looking back, you know, it, just preparing for, for this interview with you today. And I was looking back at, at an article um, that I was interviewed for, um, it's, it was an online publication locally here in San Diego. And, you know, they asked me just like you to kind of describe my journey. And I think back when I, you know, before I had our daughter and um, I was in corporate America, I was in a, you know, director level on the path to VP, and you know, ultimately COO, I was I was gun gunning for that. That was like what I was doing. And I got pregnant and I was like, that's okay. I'm still gonna keep gunning for it, right? And then I got further along in my pregnancy and I was like, mm, I don't know if that's really what I want. Like, I, I don't wanna miss her first steps. I don't wanna miss, you know, the, the time at the playground. And I, I just, I don't wanna miss any of it. Mm -hmm. And so I did what a lot of people I think um, would call crazy um, and beyond crazy. And so here I am getting ready to give birth. 
Um, and I make the decision to leave my secure corporate job and go out on my own. So two of the scariest, hardest things we as humans, I think can do, one, obviously give birth and raise a child <laughs> and two, start our own business. And I did both of those simultaneously. Yeah, I remember. I remember meeting you right after that. Right after that, right? Yeah. Right. And, you know, so I look back at that and I think, wow, that was pretty crazy. And, you know, fast forward now, she is in college. My younger son is in high school. Mm -hmm. And my life, I feel like my life has kind of come full circle, right? I, I coached numerous, you know, entrepreneurs. I, I helped numerous CEOs, you know, get back on track. Um, but in parallel with that, I got to raise two amazing human beings. Yeah. And you asked me how I managed to do that. Lots and lots and lots of forgiveness, forgiveness for myself, you know, mistakes that I made, just being so forgiving and knowing that it's only a failure if you quit and there's no way I'm quitting on these two human beings. And, <laughs> you know, so it's really just, I, you know, I get asked that question a lot. Like, how did you do it? How, you know, how did you manage to get where you are with all of that and couple it? Let's not forget being married for 21 years, right? That in and of itself also takes its own share of work, right? It's yeah. not, it's not an easy, all rainbows and sunshine journey, you know, <laughs> it's, it takes a lot of work. So you couple all that together and really my one piece of kind of go-to advice for everyone that I've ever worked with, or even been asked that question is really just be gentle with yourself, mm. be gentle with yourself, give yourself the space to make mistakes and know that you're going to recover from those mistakes and you just keep going. Um, there were many a times where I wished I was more gentle with myself hmm. in hindsight. So as simple as that sounds, it's just really, that's what I tell everyone that asks, like, how did you do it? I'm like, mm -hmm. just have to be gentle with yourself and, and, and know that you only fail if you quit. So just mm -hmm. don't quit. Yeah. Don't quit. Yeah. You know, quitting, quitting is the only failure that exists. So everything else is just feedback as to what worked and what didn't work. The lessons, right? The yeah. lessons along the way, along the journey. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube and YouTube is released typically a few weeks after the audio podcast, I really want you to watch her face now. And if you're listening to this on audio, <laughs> make sure you go back in a few weeks and check YouTube. So my favorite conversation to have with Dawn because of the facial expression I, I, I get when I say the word is, I, you know, so many people strive for this unicorn, this unicorn called time management. So, so we both know you can't manage time, right? I mean, I, <laughs> you can plan time. You just can't manage it. It's moving. You can't manage it. It's, it's, it's going moving. with or without you. Right. right. Yep. <laughs> so, so talk, talk to our listeners about this concept of time management, this unicorn, 
because you, in my humble opinion, are an expert in this area. I won't refer to it as time management. You have another word for it. So let's go that direction. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know, you, to your point, you can't manage time because it's going to keep going whether you want it to or not. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is you can manage yourself. You can manage yourself and you can manage the things that you prioritize. That's the beauty, right, of, of our lives is that we get the choice. Every single day we wake up, we get the choice on what is going to get our attention. So it's really about managing ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, managing what's important to us, managing how we prioritize. And honestly, if I've, I told Stacy this many a times in our conversations uh, throughout the years, you know, she's like, oh, so much going on. How do I juggle it all? You know, and I said, look, if it's important enough to be on your calendar, then it's important enough to get your attention. Yeah. So even if it's silly, Things like, you know, a date with my husband. I put that on the calendar. Yeah. Other things, I put it on the calendar because we want to make sure that we, you know, it's important enough to me to be there. So I'm going to make sure that I prioritize it. But yes, it's about self-management. It's not about time management. You don't get to, you don't get to manage it. It's going to keep taking away whether or not you want it to. So manage, manage yourself and what you prioritize. So you, uh, you, you brought up a point that, that I'd like to take a right-hand turn and hit because, sure. because so many, so many, watch your face again if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you hop on YouTube and watch your face with this one. So many people pursue another unicorn. This other unicorn is what people reference as work-life balance right? Oh, don't use that term. <laughs> I, I know, that term. I, I know, me too, me too. <laughs> so you had uh, shared something with me in a conversation we had had years ago uh, about the, if it's on your schedule, then it's worth it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I started realizing things that weren't on my schedule, like my kids and uh, my, my wife and my health. I literally woke up one day and didn't know who I was. I woke up one day and I was almost a hundred pounds overweight. And it was like, where did this happen? Where did this, you know, how did this happen? And it was shortly right before that you and I had had that conversation. And I looked at my calendar and I was like, well, now I know how it happened. <laughs> I'm not on there. <laughs> yeah. Which then, which then made me realize that so many people who are chasing this unicorn of balance, you know, my, my logic to that is, is balance is 50-50 and your unconscious mind runs 90% of your life. So if you are hypothetically 51% business focused and 49% life focused, your unconscious mind looks at that as out of balance and then it's constantly incongruent and then the itty bitty shitty committee deploys and there's all that, <laughs> all that BS that happens in yeah. your head, board beat, the board meetings up there get ugly. Yeah. So reality is it's not about pursuing that unicorn. It's about pursuing something else. And I love how eloquently you discuss this. So I'm going to turn it over to you now. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, we, we hear that term thrown around so much and it's yeah. been thrown around for years, right? Work-life balance. And I think even more so, you know, I heard it even more so over the last, you know, 18 months or so um, that all of us were, now we're really balancing, you know, work and life because they exist, they coexist under the same roof for a lot mm -hmm. of people for a long time, right? And uh, I've always said, you know, it's never, life is never balanced. It's just not, that's not something that will ever happen, but you know what you can find? You can find harmony. Yeah. You can find work-life harmony. And what do I mean by that? It means that everything plays nicely together. Everything, you know, ebbs and flows and there's highs and lows, but it all melds together in harmony. Um, and a lot of people may say that, oh, that's not achievable or that's, you know, that's so such a fluffy response, you know, to it. And honestly, I challenge that with, I would much rather have things in harmony than have things that were out of whack and not. Um, and I think it is achievable. I think there are going to be days where your focus has to be more on your work than on your home. Mm -hmm. I think there are other days where you're gonna have more focus on the family and everything plays nicely together. Mm -hmm. um, not all rainbows and sunshine, but harmony. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really how I try to look at it. And it is a constant, you know, constant practice. It's not something that you kind of learn it and it's done in your, your pro. It's a mm -hmm. constant, constant practice. It absolutely is. I mean, you know, the, the, the sheer definition of entrepreneurs that we joke about is the average entrepreneur work 80 hours to avoid a 40 hour a week job. Right. So then attempt to balance that with a personal life. And, you know, when, when I, when I push back on people, you know, because I push back from an unconscious level, your unconscious mind's constantly looking for congruency. Right. And if, 1% is incongruent, one ounce off is incongruent. There's no balance. So yeah. you are, you're looking for that harmony. Sometimes work gets a little more attention. Sometimes family gets a little more attention and you just keep teetering, right? Mm -hmm. And and when, when people push back and go, well, that's so woo woo or that's so fluffy. And I'm like, great, let's put it in a different perspective. I'll metaphor it for you. So let's just say that your family is delicate china that has been passed down from 10 generations and you start juggling that now let's throw in all the fires the fire sticks that your business throws at you on a continual basis and then let's throw in some of the really sharp daggers that your financial responsibilities now juggle the delicate china mm -hmm. add in the fire sticks and add in the knives Good luck. Exactly. And you can't drop any <laughs> of them or right. everything goes to hell in a handbag. And they look at me and they go, well, I've never looked at it like that. And I'm like, no shit. You can't balance that. You can find harmony in it. Yep. Right. So, so reality is if you continue to chase this unicorn, I'm not saying unicorns don't exist. You know, I'm married to someone who rides one every day. <laughs> And more power to her for that. <laughs> I'm just saying chasing a unicorn, there, there's probably better time with your energy. 
right? So if you're seeking this, this harmony, then there's a heck of a lot more room for forgiveness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you go to this self-management, let's, let's just look at the, the, the crux of entrepreneurism. The statistics are stacked against people, right? Absolutely. I mean, you have worked with some really big names. You've worked mm-hmm. with some really big companies. You've worked with people who you have seen make, make it, lose it, make it, right? Mm-hmm. And you have worked, networked, affiliated with people who have gone gung-ho and just everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the recipe is that that really makes those who make it and creates those who don't oh wow that is that is definitely a, a loaded question um, like because... 500 million dollar question <laughs> yeah everyone's leaning in for the answer I'm like what's the answer i'm gonna write it down <laughs> you know and I wish that it was as simple as, you know, a formula that you could write down. Um, but in my experience, those that I have seen make it uh, and succeed have a strong mindset. They believe not only in what they're doing, but they believe in themselves. They believe that they have within them what it takes to bring whatever the service solution product is. Um, So I think mindset first and foremost, if that is even slightly off, it just is not going to work. It just isn't. Yeah. And I think the best example of that is if you look at you know, athletes, those that succeed and or make it to the next level. And this could be, you know, anything from making it from high school to college, college to, you know, maybe semi-pro, semi-pro to pro, like those individuals with everything stacked against them, their mindset is solid. And that is what takes them to that next level. I think the same holds true for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, for me, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, well, the, the formula I've always backed is success is 90% mindset, 10% skill set. That's the formula I've always backed. And the way that, that I break that formula down, you know, because we live in a world of common core math now. So let's just make <laughs> one hat. So, so. Sticks and O's, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, so for me, success is a culmination of uh, a strong platform of mindset, which has a subcompartment of belief in self and self worth, which is then backed by an immense attitude, which is fired and fueled by passion. Mm-hmm and leveraged by purpose and then has this little sub component sub component of a skill set right so i think what happens is that itty bitty shitty committee you know the voice in the head 
the one that just said, I don't have a voice in my head. I think that itty bitty shitty committee has a board meeting daily and whether or not you choose to attend determines what's gonna happen in your day, whether or not you're gonna participate in it or not. And whether or not you're attending that itty bitty shitty committee board meeting, you can be attending it from the perspective of working together with it or working against it. If you work against it, your day is going to work against you. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. if you if you truly work on the thing between your ears, that's what you need to move forward. Because let's face it, people don't buy product services and solutions. You know, Jeff Blunt said it the best in his book, people buy you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so if, if, they're, if they're interviewing a few different alternative solutions and you are unsure about you, then they'll never be sure about you. No, 100%, 100%. It's all, you know, it's all about your belief in yourself and, you know, you can, to your point, you can believe in what you're selling, right? You can you can think that it's the greatest thing since I hate the term since sliced bread because I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> it's the it's the greatest thing since the iPhone, right? Like right. you're you're convinced. But honestly, like if if you don't really believe in yourself, in your ability to share that thing with somebody else, that that you know, product, mm -hmm. it's never going to happen. It's yeah. never going to happen. And they'll, people will know that I, you, you've experienced it. You teach it, you know, you teach people how to avoid being the one that, that, you know, tries to sell somebody something where they don't believe in it. You know, they don't believe in themselves. And yeah. it's like, you see right through that. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's happened to me before it's happened mm -hmm. to you before. Um, yeah. So absolutely. So Self-belief is definitely what I've seen uh, be the, the true differentiator mm -hmm. between those that are successful and, and those that are not. And that goes for not only, you know, your entrepreneurs, but even, you know, CEOs, um, successful CEOs um, believe in themselves more than they believe in the company that they're leading almost um, because they have to. Mm -hmm. um, because they're the ones that are you know taking it forward. So I think it I think it translates across uh, both entrepreneurs and you know the C-suite. Yeah, I think I think you know people look at that title as CEO uh, so so far outside of most self-employed independent contractors' mm -hmm. realm of reality. Right. And, and reality is, if you are responsible for your income, then you're a CEO. Absolutely. It might not be chief executive officer, it's just chief everything officer. Yeah. Right? And for sure. And in my humble opinion, CEOs, really their, their whole responsibility is to be a leader of leaders. Yes. And, and they need, they need to be fueled by that mindset so that they attract the leaders who are going to develop tomorrow's leaders, because that's what keeps companies alive. That's what keeps their environments healthy. And, 
you know, for those of you who are who are just starting out or who are self-employed or 1099 or, you know, you, you have a downline uh, or or you are a small business owner. Look at your responsibilities as a CEO. 100%. To. You're building a business. So this is, in my humble opinion, a big niche that you're at. You're really good at this organizational development thing, right? So, so what advice do you have to that person that doesn't look at themselves as a CEO, doesn't look at themselves as a business? What can they do? How can they do it? Well, first and foremost, you to your point, you know, if you're responsible for, if you're the sole person responsible for your income, you're a CEO, <laughs> you know, you are in charge of your life company, you know? Um, and so I think first and foremost, you have to have that mindset. The other thing that I would impart on those starting out that helps to develop, develop that mindset is know that you are not an expert at everything. So you're going to need to hire and or ask for help in the areas that you're not strong, because the one thing across the board that you will see in successful business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, is that they work their strengths and they hire their weaknesses. Now, starting out, I get it. You may, you might not have the capital to go out and hire, you know, people, but I bet you have a network. I bet you have a network of people that would do, you know, maybe a trade. Maybe it's you do a little marketing for me and I'll do a little, you know, um, I don't know, operations development for you. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it just, it could be any combination of things. There's always a solution out there. You just have to get creative. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, starting out, that's going to be key, making sure that you continue to work your strengths and find other people to help you in your weaknesses. Um, because I've seen it time and time again, when you try to do something that you're not good at, you not only waste a lot of time, but you waste a lot of energy when yeah. it'd be a lot easier to find somebody that's already, already done it or already knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. and and work it work a deal work a trade mm -hmm. i learned i learned a long time ago that there are three important resources in business time money and people mm -hmm. and whichever one you have least at you use the other two yeah. to create the abundance of the one that you have least of i run my entire business by i do what i do best and i hire the rest hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's funny you brought up that barter thing because in the beginning, I mean, I mean, you know, my journey, I was going through that nightmare lawsuit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four and a half years. And my legal bills were about 40,000 a month. And, you know, I was pulling in 20, $30,000 a month in direct sales in the beginning. So I had to work all these had to, <laughs> I had to work all these other jobs and, and opportunities to just pay my legal bills and make ends meet. And as, as 
something was making more money, the thing that was making the least, I would remove from the equation, take that time and put it to the thing that was making the most money. And I kept doing that. And it just so happened to be pivot point through that journey. So the bottom one, I removed from the equation, take those hours, put it back on pivot point. And then it got to the point where I was working four opportunities instead of seven. And uh, finally had breathing room, was making ends meet and needed help. I mean, I grew pivot point to the point where I had uh, over a dozen coaching clients. I was training, I was speaking and I was invoicing and processing. And (laughs) when I say I was chief everything officer, (laughs) I'd look around like who's taking out the trash that I have to. (laughs) Right. And and it got to the point where someone I networked with needed a coach and she just so happened to be a virtual assistant. And I was like, I've got a brilliant idea. (laughs) How about I help you grow your business and you help me administrate my business. And we did. And it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful exchange. We worked together for a couple of years and it really gave me the opportunity to get rid of what I'm horrible at. Look, I can type. I, I can type <laughs> a minute. That was never my problem. My problem was I had no business doing that. Yeah. My, my mind doesn't think like that. Right. 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 Is that the best use of your time? Probably no. not. No. Probably not. And, and she took off probably 20 hours a month off my plate. And you know what I can do with 20 hours? And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, and now we have 11 employees fast forward, what a decade later, I've got, I've got five training arms across the country. We have seven coaches. I mean, it's, it, if you focus on your wheelhouse, if you focus on what it is you do, like I said, do it, you do best and hire the rest. Yeah. Success is inevitable. It really is. So your journey. So when I met right out, right when I met you, you had left your job, started direct sales, had a baby, right? Yes, yes, yes. Then from direct sales, you started this organizational management business where Mm -hmm. you were coaching people in that work-life harmony and that self-management capacity. I believe you referenced it as time management because that was common language. (laughs) Exactly. Because everybody knew what that was, right? And so it was, that was the, that was the easy identifier, but yes. Yeah. Self-management. Don't use time management anymore. <laughs> and then and then you spun off and started really focusing on high performance coaching yeah. and helping someone tap into their excellence. And yeah. Mike, you had said at the beginning, everything's kind of come full circle. Now you are now you are a a successful business owner, entrepreneur who's now helping other business owners, entrepreneurs by, by becoming successful, by immersing yourself into their business. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I found this opportunity and when I did, um, this is actually kind of a, a really cool story. Um, so yes, I was coaching high performers. Uh, I was doing that successfully and there was something in me that was saying, Hmm, there's something, you know, you you need something else. There's something else that you need to put energy into. And I wasn't quite sure what that was. And so I, you know, 
I started just scouring job boards. I'm like, okay, what's going on out there? What are people looking for? You know, what are companies looking to hire? And I, I just happened to come across this company um, in San Diego, new startup, new tech startup. And they were looking for a project manager. And I could tell by their positioning and everything that they were early, early on, you know, maybe a couple of employees, but that was probably it. And there was just something about that. Now, mind you, I hadn't done any project management in a long time. Yeah. We're talking, that was early, early on in my, you know, journey, probably in my twenties. <laughs> and so, you know, what there was just something about the, the company. And so I reached out, I'm like, yeah, I, I see you're looking for, you know, project manager. Um, and, you know, I think I can help you. Hmm. And the entire time, it was not about that project management position. It was about the impact that I knew I could have on this organization, because hmm. I saw beyond just that job posting, if you will. Yeah. Fast forward, it's been about three years now. Wow. Start When I started with them, you know, there were six of us. That's including the co-founders, right? Two co-founders. So six of us total. Fast forward to today, 55 people on the team. Wow. And I would like to, and I will actually not like to, I take credit for that mm -hmm. because I was instrumental in bringing those people together. And I think that to me, when I say coming full circle, you know, I've literally taken everything I've learned over the years and I've been able to really bring it to fruition with this company. Hmm. And I never thought that I would be quote unquote, an employee again. Right. But I will tell you, Stacy, the impact I'm having and the fulfillment that I get out of this role and what I'm doing with this organization is just mind blowing, just yeah. mind blowing. Nice. So, you know, the non-traditional route <laughs> or what others would view as a non-traditional kind of route. Hey, I tell you what, it's working for me and it's working yeah. very nicely. Yeah. Um, so I get to really have some really significant impact. Um, one more thing I'll just share with you that kind of ties it all together. The greatest part of my day and my, in my role is the team of women that I've brought together that work for me. Um, all of them are young moms, um, mm. kind of just starting out in their careers. And my greatest joy is working with them and coaching them, even in this type of a role, coaching them to um, what I believe will be great success in, mm. in their lives and, and the harmony that they're all seeking, you know, with being a mom and being a career woman. Um, it's just, yeah, I just cannot put a price on it. It's just beyond rewarding. So no, I agree. You know, I think, I, I think there's, there's two different types of, of entrepreneurs out there. The, the, the self-employed business owner, you know, that, that, that aspires to, to build that successful environment, service, solution, right. whatever. And then the corporatepreneur. The, the, the corporatepreneur makes just as big of a socio, socioeconomic, social 
global economic impact as, as, as the other preneurs do. So whether or not someone chooses to do it under their product service or solution or power someone else's product service and solution, success is success, is success period, right? Absolutely. So this, the, this company you're, you're working with now, uh, do they have salespeople in it? They do. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. How successful, how successful are most of them? I ask because, you know, salespeople in a business show up the same way entrepreneurs do in business. So what makes your top salespeople, your top salespeople, and what makes the others not? That's a great question. Uh, and I, in one individual, we have, a, we have a small sales team. Um, the leader of the sales team, um, you know, has been in sales for, for quite some time. Um, but the first person that he hired, um, young, really energetic, you know, um, a little bit, a little bit of experience, not a ton, but you know, enough, but honestly, what makes him successful is his mindset. He Mm. is not only is he, you know, energetic and, and, you know, enthusiastic and all of that, but his mindset is just rock solid. He believes in himself. He believes in what he is delivering. He believes in the solution. Um, And really that's what separates him from, you know, maybe one of the other salespeople that's not quite there yet. They're still having that kind of internal struggle, you know, Mm -hmm. that lack of belief in themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, working with, with, her to kind of develop that and, and, and get that to where it um, can really benefit her. It's those are, that's the difference. I think ultimately is, is the mindset um, one really, really strong one growing. I, I don't want to say not that not, I, I don't want to say that she's not um, well, she's not there yet, but she's getting there. It's yeah. just not yet, you know, it's, yeah. it's a development. It's a, it's a process, right? All of us, um, we all continue to work on it. So there are some people that spray and pray. There are some people that show up and throw up. There are some people who, um, who have a desire, a passion to evolve. They, they, they just haven't yet. And then, yeah. and then there, there are some people who just, I don't want to say they're naturals because because I don't believe that that there's natural born salespeople because I, I wholeheartedly believe that sales is a science that that's what makes that that's what makes success so simple. However, I, I think there are some people that just have that approachability more effortlessly, and that has a lot to do with that mindset you keep bringing up because when you're okay with you, it's easier for others to be okay with you. Absolutely. Well, and there's an authenticity about it, right? There's an authenticity that attracts people to you because they, they want to be around. I want to be around people that believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what they have to say. I want to, you know, be 
part of their circle. So I definitely would want to buy what they're quote unquote selling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. because I believe in them because Mm -hmm. they are authentic and transparent and really congruent with who they are and Mm -hmm. what they believe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, Jay Abrahams and I were, were having this exact discussion yesterday. I, <laughs> I, I coach with him. Um, him and I are, are, are really building this amazing relationship. And, and we, we were almost having this exact comment and, and, and quick readers digest condensed version of that rabbit hole. <laughs> the outcome of it was there, there's four different types of people. There's people who are capable and not aware. There's people who are aware and not committed. There's people who are committed and not aware. And then there's people who are committed and aware. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone who's capable, just not aware of their capability as a leader, as a, as a sponsor, as an upline, as, Mm -hmm. as a boss, as as whatever capacity you have in that person's life, you've got untapped, undeveloped potential. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the middle people, the aware not committed and the committed not aware, that's where that HR department comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you've got that committed and aware, that's your racehorse, that's your stallion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm curious, what, what advice would you give someone who's, who's just starting out in their journey as, as self-employed entrepreneur, business owner, whatever? Have patience with yourself, um, have patience and tap into that belief. And if it's not quite there yet, just keep working on it, um, and believing in yourself. So I think, you know, if, If you don't have it quite yet, just keep working on it. And what do I mean by keep working on it? You know, hire a coach. Um, If you can't afford to hire a coach, then there are hundreds of, you know, professional development books that you can access and that can help you with your mindset and help you get there. Um, But I think it's really about belief and patience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we talked about, you only fail if you quit. So every time something doesn't quite go your way or you know it doesn't turn out the way you anticipated it would or you put all this time and effort into something and it just didn't happen, those are the beautiful lessons in this journey on becoming you know, an entrepreneur and a, a business owner. And those are the greatest gift that you will ever receive. Even though in the moment, it doesn't feel like a gift. It feels (laughs) like a kick in the ass. It's truly, truly, truly a gift. Um, So patience, mindset, and don't quit. Yeah, yeah. So that person who's gotten the crap beat out of them the past couple of years, who, who has not achieved their expectations, their, their desires, what, what advice can you give them? Again, if you quit, you fail. Right. 
It's right. as simple as that. And I know that that's hard to hear. I know that, you know, when you're at the bottom, it's really, really hard to muster up that strength to get up again. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Um, you know, I, I got to that point where, you know, it was rough. I mean, we were literally using credit cards to pay bills and things that just, you know, it it was, it was really, really rough. And I'll never forget, you know, my husband, he's always been good about this. He's like, you know, we're going to be okay. And sometimes it's as simple as somebody telling you it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Get back up, keep at it. It's going to work out. And I, I think that's my advice to those that have hit that bottom spot place, you know, where it feels like they're not going to make it, that they, they can't keep going, mm-hmm. get up. It's going to be okay. Don't quit. Hmm. So I'm not as loving or as sweet as you. <laughs> well, that's why we're friends. Because I we create that harmony with each I other, know. right? That yin and yang. <laughs> so, so here comes the yang. So buckle up, <laughs> buckle up sit back, enjoy the ride. So, so, so for me, I, the, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a little similar as you, whereas the advice is the same almost, mm-hmm. right? Right. Whether you're starting out or gotten the crap beaten out of you, you're in the same position. And that is mm-hmm. you don't have what it is you need, want, or desire. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I think the, the godfather of professional development said it the best. We're a culmination of the five people that, that we spend our most time with. So if you're not where you need one or desire yet, look around you. Because your point in, you sometimes you just need someone to tell you you're okay, it's going to be okay. Sometimes when, when that mindset doesn't back that belief system in yourself, or that self-worth, and there's someone in your wheelhouse that does, sometimes we can borrow that belief, right? And, and it's important to find that belief because if you borrow belief, find the belief, have the belief, it's easier for other people to align with you because you're delivering that congruency behind your words. I say all of that to say, I wanna go back to your comment about priorities. Mm -hmm. If it's on your schedule, then it's worth doing. And if it needs to be done and not on your schedule, I get really curious as to the purpose of it not being on your schedule. So in order for you to run your day, so it doesn't run all over you, it all starts with planning. Where I think the gentleness was a little too delivered. We all have started out Look, I had 16 cents in the bank when I went to bed a millionaire and woke up destitute. Yeah. You want to talk about someone who couldn't afford something. I pretty much qualified. <laughs> and, and I, I think I, well, I, I, I've shared this before on podcasts. I, I was suicidal. I, mm-hmm. I, I had given up and it took me three days to get out of it. And I know that sounds like a really short period of time. However, that was 72 hours of nonstop crying and not sleeping and just complete disbelief. And I realized if it's going to be, it's up to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was so much behind that phrase. Yeah. I had a coach. I had a coach 
and she would not let me let go, let her go. She wouldn't let me fire her. And, 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 and I was very clear, Andy, I can't afford you. She goes and figure it out because you can't not, not afford me at this point because she had been through bankruptcy. She had been through a failed business. She had been suicidal. She knew everything I was going through. And she's like, if you try to navigate these waters alone, she goes, you're setting yourself up for an even harder fall. And I'm like, what could be lower than this bottom? She goes, you don't want to find out. No. So reality is we know what we know and we don't know what we don't know. And it's what we don't know that we don't know that has those blind spots. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to that advice you gave them about priorities. Mm-hmm. If it was worth it to start a business, then it's worth it to figure out how to make it successful. Mm-hmm. And when you're part of the problem, you're incapable of being part of the solution. Look, I'm not saying you have to go out and hire a coach for $140,000, right? I'm not saying I have a coach in every area of my life. I'm not saying you have to go out and hire six to eight coaches. I'm not saying that. I'm saying find an environment where people are a little further along than you and figure out how to put yourself into that. Because the most flexible person in a situation controls the situation. The thing that makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck more than anything is when someone has Starbucks in their hand, a muffin in their hand, they just posted on social media how they went out partying the night before and they sit there and say, my business isn't working and I can't afford a coach. What it sounds like to me is you're not working and you're not taking your commitment seriously and you're choosing to prioritize differently. Yeah, it's not a priority. Bottom line, the business is not a priority because if you have time to go out and party, if you have the resources to buy Starbucks and a muffin, it's like, okay, then you've chosen to prioritize those things over your business. Yeah. And hey, that's okay. It is. You just need to own it, right? We need, you need to own that that is how you have chosen. Again, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, it is a choice. Mm-hmm. It is a deliberate choice that yep. you are making to go out and party, eat your muffin and your Starbucks, but then turn around and complain that your business isn't working. Yeah. Doesn't quite work that way. And look, there's, there's zero judgment about that. No, mm-mm. it's a I choice. Have, yeah, it's a choice, I've right? lost in my 20s. I also yeah. climbed a corporate ladder, right? Yeah. yeah. My, my whole point is, is it's really important to accept responsibility for everything in our life, to really yeah. step back and look at what part did I play in this outcome, good and bad. Yeah. And when you were powerful to be able to do that. Yeah. Once you can do that, you're, the lessons you learn, oh, sometimes they're not super fun and they're really <laughs> uncomfortable, but man, the lessons you can learn. Yeah. yeah. You know, so many, so many deliver excuses. Mm-hmm. 
And look, I'm very sensitive to the environment that we're in and everything that people have been through. I mean, look, I have a company that is 100% delivered by live trainings. What do you think happened to me over 18 months? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, we grew 18% because the most flexible person in the situation controls the situation. I, I train a science. The science I train requires me to deliver it live. So I pivoted, no pun intended, to the name of my company. (laughs) I knew a long time ago what business owners needed to do far before it became the word of the year. Right, right. And, and, and for me, it, it's kind of one of those things where so many surrendered, so many waved the white flag and said, I'm going to wait till we get to the other side of this. Yeah. Well, history repeats itself. Took three years to get through the Spanish flu, right? So reality is every decision we make is our responsibility, good and bad. All the outcomes we contributed to, good and bad. And when you allow yourself to step back and go, what about this is about me? What about this did I create? And what can I do differently if I require a different outcome? That's so empowering. And as you said, might make the sphincter muscle pucker a little bit. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said but it might yes. hurt a little bit. But yes, that's your interpretation of what I said. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it does. You know, yeah, when, really when, does. You, when you look yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I contributed to this. Yeah. I didn't cause the pandemic. I chose to react or respond the way I did which then contributed to the results I have today or fill in the blank, whatever. I'm going to use the word excuse, reason people deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, I, at the beginning of the year, I, I shared with everyone that uh, my mom, my mom had been diagnosed with cancer and my mom's wife has a traumatic brain injury. So we had to deal with my mom's health journey and navigate the legal system in the heat of COVID, which was not real fun, and also be Tammy's caregiver. And, oh, by the way, build a business that I had created an action plan on for 2021. And, you know, six months of my mom's lungs collapsing and, you know, in and out of the hospital and taking care of Tammy and all of that we still grow, right? As a matter of fact, 2021, we're, we're significantly up. Mm-hmm. And now we're rolling into Q4, which historically is, you know, a push for businesses, mm-hmm. right? Some businesses choose to go into holiday hibernation. I invite you to choose otherwise, right? Because it takes four months to build momentum. Why would you ever stop? Yeah. And, you know, we just got news again that mom has stage four, her body's riddled with cancer. And you heard me say earlier, the most flexible person in the situation controls the situation. So we respond versus react. I can do what I can do for both avenues. And reality is I'll find that harmony. That's what business owners do. That's what successful people do. Now, is it going to be easy? Yeah. No. Nope. Is it worth it? Yeah. 100%.
So Dawn, welcome to the signature question of the show. <laughs> Yay. And that is what does sell without selling mean to you? Sell without selling to me is at the core is staying true to who you are, staying true to who you are, being authentic, having that belief that we talk about so many times uh, today, you know, it truly, truly starts with you and it truly, people, people will buy you, right? They will buy your energy, your, you know, personality, your, your authenticity, ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would say that really for me is, is selling without selling. Awesome. Thank you. So welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask specific questions that extract golden nuggets from our expert guests that our listeners can turn around and go, wow, I really like that. I really want to incorporate that in my life. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. First question is, what does your morning ritual look like? Morning ritual. Um, honestly, the morning is my favorite time of the day. So I always get up uh, before anyone else in the house. So I'm usually up by about 530. Um, I make myself a cup of coffee because that is my just go to um, drink of choice in the morning. Um, and I sit down with uh, either a book or my journal and I'll write in my journal. Usually it's about five, five points of gratitude, five things that I'm just truly grateful for, or I'll read whatever kind of sparks my interest at that point in the morning. Um, and then, you know, the, the rest of the family gets up and the day kind of starts. But I would say those first 30 minutes or so of quiet time by myself to do the things, you know, even I even have some mornings where I just sit there. I just sit in the quiet and I just reflect or I think about the day or I think about, you know, um, the future. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. I found I, I found the simpler it is, the more impactful it is. And yeah. having those moments in the in the morning, the quiet moments. Um, are key for me. Yeah, I love that. I get up a half hour before you. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know it was a competition. No, I would have, you know, come prepared. <laughs> you know, you know, I I have been getting up for at, at five in the morning forever, and now now, and I don't know what happened. Now it's like I I don't ever set an alarm. I'm just up at five. Yeah, and. Mm -hmm. And 4.45 now seems to be what my unconscious mind wants. And, yeah. and yeah, I, I, I don't know what it wants me to add in these 15 minutes, but it's been going on now for about six weeks. So, <laughs> so my last question to you, and it's my favorite one to ask an avid reader, because I like to watch them squirm. Yes. Oh, let me, I, I'm, as I'm pulling up my audible right now while we're talking so that I can have a really good response. No, go ahead. Sorry. What's your favorite book and why? Oh, favorite <laughs> book. Yeah, oh I like my the goodness. squirm. <laughs> no, wait. wait okay. Wait, wait, wait. It's right here. And you're going to love this because this ties in beautifully because you're actually the one that told me about this book way back when. So 
this is by far my all-time favorite book yep. and i have read it time and time and time again yeah. um i when people ask me i tell them you know if you haven't read that you need to read it mm -hmm. um it's an incredible I, book it's just yeah it just is i mean could i go on and on about other books that i love oh absolutely but that is without fail the one i go back to time and time again yeah Yep, it's a go-to book for me. When someone asks me that question, I've been asked that question a lot on podcasts, and you and I have a lot of similarities. I listen to probably 10 to 15 audibles a month yeah. and probably read anywhere from one to three books. Depends on my schedule. So um, I prefer reading. However, I can uh, information indulge by through Audible. Yeah. Uh, so, so when someone asks me what my favorite book is, I go into like this panic attack. Like, well, <laughs> well, on 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 which subcategory and which genre, and you know, because they're all nonfiction. They're right. all they're all personal and professional development. But we yeah. have the mind. We have our communication. We have our relationships. So I can go on and on. So like narrow it. <laughs> I know. You want me to pick one? Really? Just one? <laughs> so I've had a phenomenal time with you on the show and, and speaking well. with you. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. If our listeners want to reach out, connect with you, follow you, what's the best way for them to find you? The best way to find me is on LinkedIn. It's just Dawn Ragus. Um, just You can do a search and it's R-A-A-G-A-S. <laughs> yes, lots yes. of A's in there for you but yeah LinkedIn would be phenomenal fantastic thank you so much your success is important to me and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you I would love for you to do a few things right now I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage that's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage second I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.